Kings chapter number three this morning. We are going through um, lessons on history. We've already did uh, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. We're going through Joshua through Esther right now of the Old Testament that are the history books of um, Israel, history book of really um, God setting up for Christ to come. I think the whole Bible is all about Jesus Christ and about his story. And so we're gonna look at one of those lessons this morning. This one is on Solomon, as far as the Lord giving him. So kind of a familiar uh, story as well as familiar passage. We'll look at this together out of 1 Kings chapter number three. Let's pick it up in verse number four this morning. 1 Kings chapter three, verse number four, the Bible says, and the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. Verse five, it says, in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this thy so great a people. And the speech pleased the Lord and Solomon had, that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee in all thy, day, all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy David days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and offered peace offerings and made a feast to all uh, his servants. Church family, let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing on the reading of his word. Heavenly Father, what a wonderful thing it is to hold in our hand your very words. Thank you that they're to us and, Lord, our children. Each generation, Father, have looked at these words. And, uh, Lord, may our conclusion be your conclusion. Lord, you'll give wisdom to those who ask. And, Father, there's reasons that you gave it to Solomon. When we look at that to this morning, help us to understand how important wisdom is and how, how much we need it. Lord, for our lives, Lord, for those we influence. Thank you for loving us and saving us. Bless this day. All the activities of the day, Lord, give safety. And may all things that are done bring honor and glory to thee. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church family, Solomon was the wisest person who ever lived. When we look in the Bible, you're going to find out that uh, whenever there's an Old Testament character mentioned in the New Testament, that usually their character trait or their overwhelming character trait is mentioned, which you again have heard before. And again, for repetitious sake, let me remind you. Joseph is mentioned in the Old Testament. When he's mentioned in the New Testament, the character trait is that the Lord was with him. Job was mentioned in the Old Testament. When Job is mentioned in the New Testament, James 5, it talks about the patience of Job. Abraham is mentioned about faith. Same here with Solomon. Jesus himself spoke of Solomon in the New Testament. Now, some, I think these things are in your lesson this morning. But Jesus spoke of Solomon in the New Testament. And the one thing that he talked about was the wisdom of Solomon. Now, to lay some groundwork this morning, let's talk about wisdom and its general um, usage of the word, okay? A lot of definitions on wisdom, all right? And again, uh, I just want to start with some real foundational things. The verse you quoted a moment ago, Proverbs 2, verse number 6, it says, and the, uh, For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. I think that that verse is probably the primary verse to explain what wisdom is, all right? 
again, there's so many ways you can describe wisdom. For years, I used to say wisdom was simply seeing things as God sees them. But when you look at Proverbs 2, verse number 6, I really believe that wisdom is the applied use of knowledge and understanding. In other words, a person can have knowledge but not have understanding. A person can have knowledge and understanding but not use the knowledge and understanding that God gives us. All of, many of you are parents in here. It takes wisdom to raise children. Especially in our, the day that we're living in today, what an unusual day, what a wicked day that we're living in. And to, to raise children. And you're not going to raise children unless you have the wisdom of God to know exactly what to do. In this particular chapter, 1 Kings chapter number 3, God gives us an example of Solomon's wisdom. I won't read the chapter with you, but the rest of the chapter is pretty clear. You've read the story before. These two harlots come to uh, King Solomon. Solomon is sitting on his throne. And he's sitting on his throne. These two harlots come in. There's a baby, only one baby. Both of them had just had a baby three days apart. One of the babies was killed. And uh, finally, the one who really had the baby thought to themselves, this is not my child. They come before King Solomon. And they, the, the woman whose child it was begins her plea. She says, listen, this particular baby that's alive, that's my baby. And this other woman says it's her baby. And in, at midnight or during the evening, she overlaid her baby and killed it. And she brought the dead baby to me and she took the live baby. She says, I know that's my baby. Solomon says, well, you say it's yours. She says it's hers. Someone bring me a sword. He says, I'm going to cut the baby in half. And then you both can have half. And immediately the woman whose child it was, she says, no, let her have the child. And the other woman says, no, let's cut it in half. I mean, you talk about crazy. I mean, that didn't make sense. And the Bible says that in the last two verses of this chapter that all Israel saw the wisdom of Solomon. Now, can I just tell you, knowledge is one thing, understanding is one thing, but the use of that is wisdom. And so what we want is we want to have the knowledge of God and comprehension of that, which is understanding, the comprehension of the knowledge of God, and then to be able to use that wisdom in our life. And all of us need it. I need it as a parent. I need it as a pastor. I need it as a preacher. I need it as a soul winner. I need, I need to know exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it. And all of that comes from who? It comes from God. How do we know that? Proverbs chapter number two, verse number six. For the Lord giveth wisdom. All right, so we want that wisdom from on high. So many people we look at and we think, how can anybody mess up their finances like that person messed up their finances? I want to tell you why. Because they had all the knowledge in the world and they have an understanding of it, but they did not have wisdom to be able to use the knowledge and understanding that they were given. Amen. How can that person not see that they're putting, pushing their children away and they're not pulling their children in? Because they have all the knowledge in the world because they got a book they hold in your hand called the Word of God. They have the under, all the understanding of the world because they hear the preaching of God's Word all their life. But they're not using the wisdom to be able to use the knowledge and understanding that God's given them in their life. Listen, th this is not just something, well, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. Wisdom is pretty important, all right? Now, uh, I can take you to some chapters. I, I guess I won't yet, but Proverbs number three, all right? Talks about, oh, it talks about the wisdom. Wisdom is better than rubies and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. The Bible talks about, actually, both chapter three and chapter number eight. So if wisdom is better than silver, gold, rubies, and all the things thou canst desire, then that means it's pretty important. It means it's worth more than money. It's worth more than possessions. And it's worth more than anything that you could desire, all right? I wish I was the president of the United States. Guess what? Wisdom's more important than that. Now, we might not think that's the case right now, but it's true. I wish I had a better car. I wish I had a better house. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. All the things you could ever desire in your life cannot be compared to wisdom. That's what the scripture says. 
So if it's that important, then I think we should look at Solomon and we should get that. All right. Now this morning, I want to go just a shade different direction. If the Lord allows me at the end, I want to go over my five things. I always, not mine, the scripture on how a person gets wisdom if the Lord allows. But I want to deal with this thought this morning. Yes, Solomon asked for wisdom. God comes to him in a dream at night, says, Solomon, ask what I shall give thee. And we all know the story, okay? But have you ever thought about why he asked for wisdom? In other words, he, and by the way, he, he had the right answer. Solomon asked what I should give unto thee. He says, well, listen, these are, this is a great and mighty people, and there's no way I can do this. I need you to show me, and I need, I'm asking for an understanding heart. And God says, guess what? I'm not only going to give you that. I'll give you the riches and the honor and the length of days, but I am going to give you wisdom. But I always question, why did he ask for wisdom? I think there's three things that are mentioned in this passage that I want to show you this morning on why Solomon asked for wisdom, and it would be good for us to learn these same three things, that we would do the same. Now, church, we're in 1 Kings chapter number 3. Let's look at it, and uh, let's pick it up in verse number, um, I'm going to start in verse number 1, I think. Verse 1 says this, And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he had made an end of building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall of Jerusalem. Now, church, I know this is not part of the lesson, but I always look at this and I think to myself, how could the, how could the guy who becomes the wisest person who ever lived marries an Egyptian daughter when the Israelites were not supposed to do that? You know, I want to just tell you that a person can be wise and still do things that are wrong. Amen. In other words, there are no sinless people. That's not going to happen until we get to heaven. And we think, that, well, if I'm wise, you know, that means I'm going to do everything right. No, it doesn't mean you're going to do everything right. You know, it's interesting about David, when he became, before he became king, the Bible says David behaved himself wisely. And then it goes on to say David behaved himself more wisely. But yet there's still a time in his life that David behaved himself pretty foolish. You understand that you can have, you can get wisdom and find wisdom, but there are going to be times in your life just because you're wise doesn't mean you're going to do everything right. And Solomon didn't do everything right. Think about it: seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines. How many? How crazy can that be? All right, hard enough with one. Amen. All right, seven hundred. All right. So he didn't do everything wisely, but God still gave him wisdom. So here's the first I want you to see. Look at your Bible again, verse number three. And Solomon, what's the next three words? Love the Lord, Lord walking the statue of David, his father. Solomon loved the Lord. Solomon uh, had two names. Uh, does anybody know off the top of your head what the other name was? Very good. Who said that? That's right. You're exactly right, Ms. Anderson. It was Jedediah. The word Jedediah means beloved of the Lord. You know, I want to tell you something. He had a love for God. God had a love for Solomon. And I want to tell you that the reason that God, one of the reasons that God gave Solomon wisdom is because he loved God. Hey, if you have children, you know that when your children show affection, that you have a desire to show affection back. And usually our affection back is doing things for them or getting things for them. But it's kind of our way of showing them that we love them. Are you with me so far? Can I just tell you that that's what God did for Solomon? Solomon loved the Lord. He, he, in the same couple of verses later, a thousand burnt offerings. And they were peace offerings. What was a peace offering about? It was to show their love for God. It was not like a, uh, an offering that they had to bring for, to God. It was a voluntary offering. Solomon loved God. And because of that love for God, God gave him wisdom. Can I just tell you that one way, the reason I believe that he had a want to, to get wisdom is because he loved God. And he wanted what God had for him as well as he had for other people. It's important for us to love God. What's the greatest commandment in the Bible? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. So uh, I think to myself, why did Solomon even ask for wisdom? I think the first reason is because he loved God. Hey, do you love God this morning? 
Can I tell you, I think that's the beginning of step for a want to. You know, you know I, there are so many, the Bible talks about the book of Proverbs that the fool is the person who doesn't want wisdom, all right? Um, the Bible says he hath no heart uh, for it. Talking about the fool. The fool hath no heart for wisdom. That word heart actually in the book of Proverbs means desire. You know, there are certain people that just don't have a desire to know more. They don't have a desire to, to be able to have an understanding. That's foolish, by the way. That's the opposite of, of being wise. You should always want to be learning, always wanting to be a better Christian, always wanting to be a better spouse. And you understand that Solomon, the reason he asked for wisdom, the why, is because he loved God. And because he loved God, God, I want to know what you know. All right? Look at something else here with me in the same verse. We'll start there in verse number 4. I'm sorry, verse number three. It says in Solomon, verse three, and love the Lord walking in the statutes of David, his father. Now, to me, that's pretty key because even when God asked Solomon in verse number five, ask what I shall give thee. Look at what he says in verse six. And Solomon said, thou hast showed unto thy servant, David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness. The last charge of David is mentioned in first Kings chapter two. Would you go back? Uh, just a couple cha chapter there. First Kings chapter two. Look at verse number one. In First Kings two, verse number one. In the days of David drew nigh that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, "I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord God to walk in His ways, to keep His statutes and His commandments and His judgments and His testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that when thou uh, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest and whithersoever thou turnest thyself, that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fall a fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. Now, I know there's other verses we could look at, but can I just tell you this morning, I think that the reason, the why behind why he asked for wisdom is number one, because he loved God, but number two, because he simply listened to his father. Amen. Think about that. He obeyed David. What did David say before he dies on his deathbed? He says, now listen, what you need to do is you need to find out what God wants. What you need to do is make sure you walk in the ways of the Lord. What you need to do is make sure you obey the, obey the commandments of God. And you know what he did? He simply obeyed his father. Amen. The chapter in Proverbs that talks about the father-son relationship is chapter before. Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. Now, who's speaking there? Solomon is talking about his father. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Do you understand that the last thing that David tells Solomon he says, I want to tell you something. The most important thing you can get in your life is wisdom, not 700 wives. The most important thing you can get in your life is not a kingdom. It's, it's wisdom. And can I, I just think that the, the reason Solomon in a dream, now think about this, in his subconscious. Brother Stanley walked in yesterday and he said to someone, he walked in yesterday, Pastor, I had a dream last night and you were in it. I said, that must have been a nightmare. Okay. He says, yes. He says, you came to my house, but before I got there, you were gone. He said, I had a dream. Now, can you think of a second here? Now, I don't know what's in Brother Stanley McMacken's subconscious, but I was there. I'm, I'm blessed, all right? I'm in, I'm in his subconscious. I'm not sure what that means, but I'm in subconscious. Solomon is sleeping, and in his subconscious sleep, God says to him, ask what I shall give unto thee. And in his sleep, he says, wisdom. Can I just tell you something? That doesn't just happen. You know why he got wisdom? 
He got it because he loved God. But you know why he got wisdom? Because his father drilled into him. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom with all thy getting. Get understanding. Can I just tell you the thing that we need to be drilling into our children is not so that they can make money or a job or have things. What we ought to be drilling into our children how important it is for them to know God and how important it is for them to know what God wants for their life. There is no better life than the person who does God's will for their life. There's no better life. None, zero. So can I just tell you, as we as parents and grandparents, we ought to be pointing people to God. The most important thing you could know is know God. The most important thing you could do is do God's will for your life. So, so Solomon, as David's son, David had many sons, but Solomon caught it. Adonijah said, I'll be king. And that wasn't God's will. It was God's will for Solomon to be king. But you know what Solomon, it wasn't about being king for Solomon. You know what it was about being? God, I want wisdom. I need to know how to use the knowledge and understanding of your law, of your word, to be a good king, to be able to lead your people. And I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to tell you this morning that I, I think to myself, yes, we all should want wisdom. But can I tell you why he wanted it? Because he loved God. Can I tell you why he wanted it? Because he listened to his father. So one more thing here. It's mission in 1 Kings. Not only those two, but here's the third one. Look at your Bible again. 1 Kings chapter 3 again, verse number 7. 1 Kings 3, verse number 7. This is the story of, of, of his dream. In his dream, he says, oh, And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little what? I know not. You know, the reason he said, I don't know, I know not how to go out and come in, the reason he said that is because he knew how inadequate he was for the job that he had to do. You know, you get a kick out of young people who think they know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. And we look at their lives and we think to themselves, that's stupid. And all that is is pride, by the way. The Laodicean age, what's it, what's it known for? The Laodicean age says, I'm rich, I'm increased with good, and have what? Need? Nothing. There's nothing you can teach me. There's nothing that I need. There's nothing that you can do for me. I can do it all. By the way, is that, is that not the blinding statement that is sending people to an everlasting hell? I need nothing. I don't need God. I don't need a way of salvation. I don't need heaven. I don't need... By the way, that's foolishness. Amen, amen. I look at Solomon and I think to myself, why did he even ask for wisdom in his sleep? I'll tell you why he asked for wisdom, because he loved God. I'll tell you why he asked for wisdom, because his father drilled into him how much he needed it. He listened to his father. And I'll tell you why he needed wisdom, because he knew how inadequate he was to do the job God called him to do. You know what humanism is? Humanism is man is God, little g. Man is God. That's humanism. Humanism is when we get to the place where we think that we're able and capable of doing everything. I think it's 1 Corinthians. I know it's in Corinthians, but he says, uh, our sufficiency is of God. Actually, the verse goes, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. I think it's 1 Corinthians 3, 5. Our sufficiency, our capabilities are of God. Your mental capabilities of God, your physical capabilities of God, your leadership capabilities are of God. They're not of you. And I want to tell you, the sooner we figure that out, the sooner we say, hey, I can't do this. I'm a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. Would you please give me a discerning spirit and a largest of heart and wisdom? Would you please give me those things? Amen. Now, I want to go over the quickly this morning. I, that's the why, by the way. And I know for some of you it would be very much review, but give me a little bit of liberty this morning. And again, it would probably take 10 minutes if that. I want to go over on how a person gets wisdom in using the Bible this morning. 
uh, on how a person really gets wisdom, okay? Because, by the way, Solomon was the wisest person who ever lived. And God said there was nobody like him or before him. And God said that there was no man wiser than him. All right, so, there's, so God's the one that gives us wisdom, okay? And so what is wisdom? Well, wisdom is the use, uh, is the proper use of the knowledge and understanding that God gives us. The knowledge we have is the facts. Understanding is the comprehension of those facts. Wisdom is the use of those facts, all right? And I've always said that, and I believe that, all right? A kid is trying to learn math. Two plus two equals... All right, so you have the understanding that two plus equals four, but not everybody use, has the wisdom that two people, two, how, do you, how do I know that? The way our government's giving money away. They understand that two plus two equals four, but they sure don't use, they're not using wisely two plus two equals four. All right, so you understand that uh, knowledge is two plus, two, the knowledge is two plus two is four. That's the fact. There's no way of changing that. That's the fact. Understanding of that fact. I have two apples, two oranges, two plus two equals four. I understand that these are equal to four, all right? Wisdom is the proper use of those four. Right, does that make sense? Okay, so we need wisdom in our life, all right? All right, so the quick, let's run through these together, all right? The first thing, I think they should all be in your lesson, I would imagine. I didn't look at your lesson, but I'm guessing they're all in there. The first thing the Bible teaches us when it comes to getting wisdom is, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Why did Solomon get wisdom? He said, ask what I shall give thee. Guess what? He asked. Lord, please give me wisdom, all right? In the mornings, we pray the model prayer, and I say we because I hope you do, but we pray the model prayer, and we pray the model prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, you can use that for uh, give us the needs that we have, or you can use it as man shall not live by bread alone as far as the word of God teach me. But regardless, God puts into the model prayer on how we're supposed to pray that we ask for our daily bread. Can I just tell you what your daily need is? Every day of your life, God, give me wisdom. Amen. God, teach me. Help me have an understanding heart. Would you allow something to be enlighten me during the services today that maybe I never thought of it that way before that would be helpful to me or my family or somebody that you give me influence with? Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom on how to end life as well as how you allowed me to begin life. Help me not to Amen. miss what you're trying to do through Amen. me, for me, with me. Wisdom. All right, so the first thing you need to ask God for wisdom. The second thing, it comes from the Word of God, Psalm chapter 19, verse number 7. Hopefully it's printed in your, in your lesson there. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. What makes wise the simple? The law of the Lord. Very good. All right, so God's Word is where we get wisdom. Why do you need to read God's Word on a regular basis? Because if knowledge plus understanding equals wisdom and you subtract knowledge, then you get no wisdom. So I have to put in the knowledge for God to give me the understanding for me to be able to use what he wants me to understand as far as what he already knows. So when a person does not read the word of God, you keep yourself from getting wisdom because wisdom starts with God's word, God, God himself, but God's word. All right, so what do I need to do? I need to read God's word on a regular basis. I need to make sure I bring my Bible to church. I need to make sure that I'm underlining or writing or however you do in your own, but I need to write down, circle, when, things, when you're having your devotions, things that stand out in your mind because it's that knowledge that's going to give you wisdom. All right? Number three, listen to God-given pasture. Jeremiah 3, verse number 15, and I will give you pastures according to mine heart which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So where do you get wisdom out of that? Well, I get that when I parallel Psalm, or Proverbs chapter 2, verse number 6. In Proverbs 2, 6, for the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh what two things? Now, are you with me this morning? What two things come with it? Knowledge and understanding, right? Well, then in the book of Jeremiah, God says, I'm going to give you pastures which will feed you with knowledge and understanding. 
I will give you. In other words, it's something that's personal, all right? Can I just tell you where wisdom comes? Sometimes wisdom comes from the pulpit. By the way, sometimes it'd be better if we would just move the face from the office and understand that it's not the personality you're listening to. Church, many, many of you are going to outlive me, all right? Or God, whatever God decides. He could take me away. He could kill me. He could do whatever he wants. But, but you're not going to be without a pastor. Or in other words, God, God, he says, I'm going to give you a pastor after my own heart, which means God's going to give you a pastor to be able to give you knowledge and understanding. You don't want to miss out on that. Amen. You don't want to miss out on that. Mrs. Edwards is back with us this morning. She's been sick for a while. And... Um, Mrs. Edwards is, she never, ever makes a major decision in her life without calling me first. Never. Like, can I just tell you, the pastor's not looking for that, all right? I'm not, I don't, by the way, there's pressure in that too, by the way, that number one, you're giving people the wisdom of God as far as what God wants. And if I don't know what God wants, I tell you that. But what I'm trying to say is, is when it comes to the preaching of God's word, when it comes to getting counsel, that's a portion, not all, there's, I think there's five. There might be more, you might be able to find more. The first thing is, you, if you're going to get wisdom, ask God. If you're going to get wisdom, number two, you've got to read God's word. Number three, if you're going to get wisdom, you need to listen to the man of God or the man of God, God given you your life. All right. So those, these are just parts of how do I get the full spectrum of wisdom. All right. And by the way, there's several of, of you this morning. God bless you because you always, again, very attentive to the preaching and very much a person to get counsel. Number four, Proverbs 13, verse number 20. I only put one verse on all these, but there's several verses you can put with these, all of these. But Proverbs 13, 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, and a companion of fools shall be destroyed. <laughs> you are what you hang around. You ever heard that statement before? All right. You hang with a dog with fleas, you get? That's in the book of Revelation somewhere, I'm sure. All right. You know, it's really a catch-22 because we tell our children, uh, you shouldn't hang around that person, but our children gravitate to that type of person because that's the type of child we have. By the way, it doesn't change with adults. You know, it's funny because we tell you, Be, hang around wise people, all right? But church family, it, the, reason, the reason people hang around foolish people is because they're foolish. The reason wise people hang around wise people is because they're wise. In the book of Daniel, I find it interesting. I don't have time to find it for you. Turn to it right now, and you can look it up later. But it's very interesting that the Bible says that God gives wisdom to the wise. And I'm thinking to myself, why doesn't God give wisdom to the idiot? Because <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. A person who's wise becomes wiser. A person who's foolish seemingly becomes more foolish, all right? Not that a foolish person can't become wise, but God gives wisdom to the wise. And can I just tell you, the kind of person you're going to hang around is the kind of person that you are. Read your Bible, pray, be attentive to what God wants for your life. And guess what kind of friends you're going to have? People who read the word of God and pray and are attentive to the things that God, that's just the way it happens, all right? So hang around wise people. First step to that, of course, be wise yourself. Last one, number five. This is the hardest one. Several verses on this. I only gave you one. Proverbs 15, 31. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among what? Among the wise. Hey, church family, I want to tell you something. <clears throat> Probably one of the hardest things, especially as we, I think more so even as adults, but one of the hardest things for young people as well as adults, and specifically adults, is for somebody to tell them that they're wrong. Amen. I've told you many times before because it's happened multiple times in ministry. I always have one person that always comes to line. I no longer go to church here, but uh, years ago. But uh, every year, this particular person, every year, and by the way, I've had, there's usually two or three in our church that do, do this, but every year this particular fellow would come to me every year. I was like on schedule, and he would come to me and he said, Pastor, is there anything in my life that I need to change or anything else I need to do, or is there anything with my children that's not right? 
Would you, is there anything like that? And I cannot tell you how many years after year after year he would sit behind the, uh, on the other side of the desk and I would say, brother so-and-so, I don't know of anything in your life. I think your kids are going in the right direction. But <laughs> there came a time. And he didn't come ask. You know, it's funny. A person who's making A's are the ones that ask for extra credit. The person who are making C's and D's never ask for extra credit. The person who's doing right is usually the person who comes and asks, is there anything I need to change? The person who's doing wrong is the person who never comes and asks, is there anything I need to change? It's just a fact. It's a fact. My experience, is, it's like been 100% fact. Anyway, this, this guy's life, it just has... Things were just not going right, and he came. He, he actually came to me, and I said, "Hey, listen, brother. I said what you're thinking is wrong, and um, what you're doing is wrong." And he said, "I knew you'd say that." He says, "You're the problem. You're wrong." He left the church, never came back, took his kids out. Can I just tell you that reproof is one of the hardest things for us to accept? I was doing Bible study with Kyle yesterday, and um, uh, we came across a verse. And whenever we come across a verse that we kind of not completely sure about, we'll stop. And uh, I got my computer there, and we'll look up all the definitions of the verse and find out what it's talking about and compare verses, et cetera. And one of the verses we came across yesterday was this. It says, uh, um, uh, Kyle, I can't remember the first part of the verse. The last part says, but a, a, a wise reprover upon an obedient ear. And I think it was something that was decorative, if I remember correctly. A wise reprover upon an obedient ear. I wish I could get the first part, but here's what, here's what I want you to see. Sometimes you can have a wise reprover, and that's usually the authority in the life, a person that knows, okay, I don't discipline in front of people, uh, or I'm going to say it this way, I'm going to give mercy and truth, I'm going to say kindly first, then I'm going to tell. A wise reprover upon an obedient ear. Sometimes you have a wise reprover, but not an obedient ear. Amen. Sometimes you have an obedient ear, but not a wise reprover. You know, sometimes we as uh, adults, we miss out because we don't have an obedient ear. Okay, that's what I need to change? I'll change it. You know, our kids, we expect it from them, but when we don't do it as adults, we, we, we know better. All right? You want to get wisdom? By the way, go through the whole book of Proverbs. Don't have time to teach it. But the one statement that, Prover that wisdom makes in chapter number one is simply this. Wisdom crieth without, sheddeth her voice in the street. She crieth in chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city sheddeth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, we love simplicity, and the scorn of light, and are scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Listen now. Here's its statement. This is what she says, five words. Turn ye at my reproof. That's the only statement she makes. I'm just telling you, sometimes it's hard in our life, but you want to make sure that you're teachable. All right, so these are the five ways to get wisdom. You might find more in the scripture. These are the five, I think, that are pretty clear. The first way, talk to me now. The first way a person can get wisdom is we need to ask. We need to ask God for wisdom. Second of all, we need to read the word of God. Number three, what do we need to do? We need to listen to a God-given pastor. Number four, we need to be around what kind of people? Wise men. And the last five, we need to accept we, what? Reproof. I'm going to accept reproof. That's exactly right. Wisdom. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. And the man that getteth understanding, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. 
All of us ought to have a desire every day of our life. Lord, please give me wisdom. Help me to be able to use the knowledge and understanding that you've given me. Let's pray together.